Good morning. My name is Arturo, and this is the Morning Meditation Podcast. Today's meditation is called Redemption, and it's about all things being redemptive, how the plan of God includes something very important for us, and it's the renewal of all things, the restoring of all things, the payment of all things. And when I say all things, I'm talking about our own experience, how we live, who we are, what's in front of us, and what's behind us, what's present with us right now. All things are redemptive. The reason I talk about this is because I think we all know that things are not great, that everything is not good. Anybody who hears the gospel and understands knows that it is called the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's the gospel message, and it's good news. Now, the problem is, if your life is really, really good, you've got money, you're a decent-looking person, you're healthy, strong, energetic, maybe you're popular, maybe you have possessions and lots of friends, then what do you need good news for? Those are the kinds of people who have a tendency to say, well, who is God and why should I honor him? You know, uh, Nebuchadnezzar said that in the book of Daniel. <clears throat> he said, why should I honor this God? Why did he say that? Because he had everything. He had it all. But for the rest of us, we don't live life that way. We see struggle. We have pain. And the amount of time that we spend waiting for our dreams to come true can be discouraging. Some of us are dreamers. I know I am. i got big dreams. I've got things that I want to do. I want to be big and do big and live big and leave an impression on people. But yet, I'm what you would consider a middle-aged man and I haven't accomplished those things. I look at my life and I see the dreams that I had when I was young. I see the energy that I had when I was younger. I still consider myself young and strong, but it's not the same. It's not the same as it used to be. Life has a tendency to weigh down on you. Going to work day after day, it gets old sometimes. Especially when you have a career that you stay in. You continually do the same thing over and over again. You face the same problems. Being married, having children, it's the same thing. You face the same troubles, the same pains, the same heartaches. You have big desires for them, and yet lots of it remains unfulfilled. And that's where the question mark comes in. That's where you start asking, what's this about? How does this work? What's going to come of this? As troubles mount and as problems continue with regularity and sometimes with increasing regularity, it's hard to move forward with a good attitude. It's hard to maintain a sunny disposition and outlook. But yet, if you understand what the Bible says, you can do that. You have something to look forward to. Why? Because God said it. Now, 
there's a teacher named Chuck Missler who I really enjoy listening to. I watch his YouTube videos and I listen most of the time more than watch because it's mostly audio content anyway, but it's good. It's really good. He's very wise and very detailed. But one of the things that he talks about is God's works. And he says, you know, what is the greatest of God's works? He has two major works in history and in this world. And one is greater than the other. The first of his great works is creation. It's everything that we see. And I've talked about it before when I talked about beauty and I talked about artistry. The sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, the waters, the land, the animals, people, family. So many things that we see in creation. Wonders and beauty. and Just, I stand in awe of all of it. Of God's creation. Of how everything works together. Of the symmetry of life. Of the beauty of what we see around us. Of what we hear. Of how we experience this life. There's so much to enjoy in God's creation. You can marvel at it, especially if you study it, if you really study it. That's the first of God's great works. The second is redemption. And that's what we're talking about here. And I think Brother Chuck has a great way of explaining it. He says, you know, which one is greater? How can you tell which one is greater? It's simple. Look at the amount of time that he spends talking about each one. If you want to find every text on creation, you're looking at probably less than 12 chapters total. There's references within chapters, but entire chapters, all of it put together, probably less than 12 chapters. Now there's 66 books in the Bible, 70 if you count them properly. But out of all of that, there's just a handful of chapters about creation. The rest of the story is about redemption. Why? Because it's his greatest work. God's greatest work is redeeming the world from the fall of man. I keep going back to this, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the fall. The reason I keep coming back to it is because it's foundational. <clears throat> it's important. It's the big, one of the big things in our lives. It explains so much that man has a tendency to sin, that temptation is ever-present, that it causes problems and pain. If you look around the world and say, what is wrong? What's the problem? Why are things happening this way? One of the major reasons is sin. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that happens if you're honest. If you're really honest, you can look at your life and say, you know, a lot of these things that are happening to me are not just outside influences. They're not happenstance. A lot of the things that I'm facing in my life are consequences of the sins that I've committed. That's an honest view. That's a confessional view where you have to examine your life and you have to see your imperfection and your unwillingness to change, your stubbornness, all of these different things. And... The good news is, is that that too can be redeemed. 
That's what's been written. That Jesus Christ came to redeem everything. In Romans chapter 8, it talks about the entire world groaning under the weight of sin and sinfulness, brokenness, and this fallen nature that we have to deal with. But then it says that it, the entire creation groans in expectation of its redemption. Second Corinthians chapter 5, it talks about we long to be clothed with our new body. We're waiting for the redemption of our bodies. You see, we know the bad news. We know the bad news. We're looking for the good news. And this is it. This is the good news, that all things are redemptive, no matter what we're facing. Sometimes we face sickness, financial issues, relational problems, problems with our children, with our spouse, with our parents, with our neighbors, our co-workers, people problems. Those are huge because people are the most important thing in the world. They're the most important thing to me. That's for sure. And they should be. People are precious. All people are precious. So if we really feel that somebody's completely lost, we should be praying for them because they are precious despite how they may act or how we might feel about them. But these problems have a tendency to be ever-present. And we have a survival mentality. Some people call it the lizard brain. It's the ancient part of our brain that has a tendency to look for what's wrong. It's part of the natural order of how we exist. We have the ability to choose better, but we still have that thing within us that's always looking for the bad. And if we focus on that, if we let that take over our lives, then we get into anxiety we get into depression, and we can get into fearfulness. And I talked about that too. But if we know that all things are redemptive, everything, every problem we face, every trouble we see, every great injustice, all of it is going to be redeemed. That's a big thought. That's a big promise. It takes a big God to fulfill it, but he's made that promise. According to Chuck Missler, pretty much the entire Bible is focused on that one thing, the redemption of this world, the personal redemption of your own life, of all the troubles you're going to face, of all the things that are in front of you. Romans chapter 12 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And it says, Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Let us remember him who endured such opposition so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. That's it. If we're walking around weary and losing heart, the solution is simple. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he's the Redeemer. In the book of Revelation, he says, Behold, I make all things new. In Isaiah, they have this promise over and over again. He comes to make all things new. He's going to flatten the hills. He's going to straighten the crooked paths. He's going to fill the valleys. He's going to make it so that we walk on a level and straight road 
but he's going to do it. Jesus talked about it too. You know, you're facing a mountain, speak to the mountain. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, excuse me, a mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain and tell it to move and it will be removed. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, but faith in what? Faith in God. Because all things are redemptive according to him. Now, <clears throat> I think that we walk around with this understanding. We walk around with this idea, this, this view of life where it's hard. You know, there's a saying called the struggle is real. People hashtag that, they bumper sticker that, they t-shirt it. They put it everywhere. The struggle is real. I think we all know it. We all experience it on some level. And the good times in our lives, we can ignore it. But the bad times consistently come. And some people choose to completely just live in the bad times. And they embrace that idea of the struggle is real. Yeah, the struggle is real. I agree. I believe that. But yet, I believe something more than that too. I think we all have this feeling inside of us that all things are redemptive. I think we understand it deep down inside, especially in our culture. We have a culture that's hopeful. It's in there somewhere. Out in the news right now, it's really not being exposed regularly. But I think we know and we carry that. And especially if you're older, we've always had this, this hope within us. But we haven't dared to express it. For a lot of us, we haven't dared to look into it, to really and truly believe it and walk in it. Why? Because how strange would it be if we went around saying that the Bible was true, that heaven is an actual place, that there are spirits all around us, that full payment for all sin has been made, that the birth of Jesus Christ completely divides our history. That everything can be labeled either before Christ was born or after Christ was born. It is a strange thing to say my life can be defined that way. There was a time before I knew Christ and now I'm living a new life. I think... The world calls us arrogant because we say, I'm completely redeemed. All my sins are paid for. I'm walking in faith. God has paid for everything. And I have confidence. And my life is new because they can see our lives. They can see how broke, busted, and disgusted we are. They can see how sick we get. They can see the brokenness of our families. The things that we have, our possessions that aren't the best. This comparison view takes us and, and puts us in our, in our place, in a specific place, and says, well, you're not at the top. You're not doing great. But we have a servant mentality. And we understand that with all things being redemptive, it means we're hoping for something in the future. Don't take that away from people. Don't take that away from yourself. Carry it on. This is very, very important for everyone but especially for those who have a hard life here on the earth. Because we know that it's unjust for somebody to be born without the ability to walk. 
or to see, or for somebody to be rejected from birth, or for somebody to be destroyed over and over and over again through relationships or through financial hardship or through oppression in these countries where there's lots of uh, corruption, where there's lots of famine and just circumstances that are really, really bad. If we can't have hope that those things can be redeemed, we might as well be lost ourselves. We can't take everything on. We're not strong enough to fix all of those things. But one thing we can do is fix our eyes on Jesus because he is our redemption for us and for the entire world. I believe this because that's what the Bible says. And I'm really thankful to Chuck Missler for pointing out and articulating this point very clearly that God has two major works that he's done. One is creation with all of its awesomeness. And two is even greater that he has redeemed all things. Let's walk in that. Let's believe it. Let's focus on it and think about it. Maybe we'll receive some benefit from it. I know we will. But I say maybe because not all of us are going to re receive it. Not all of us are going to walk in it. I don't walk in it perfectly. But when I do, it's really good. This is the Morning Meditation Podcast. Thank you for listening.